0: Oh, okay.
1: Again, I, I give you the opportunity, if you want to change your perspective, um, maybe even flip sides of the room, um, you're welcome to do so, but we want to welcome you to worship this morning. It is indeed a great thing to be in the house of the Lord, and I welcome you in the name of the Lord as we celebrate um, His glory and His goodness toward us. Um, I just want to take opportunity, um, this morning, and you know, yesterday was was Veterans Day, the time that we set apart as a, as a nation to recognize and thank those that um, that served our country. And so if, if you're here this morning and, um, and you served our country in one of the branches of service, I would just, um, you would stand briefly and if you don't feel comfortable standing, if you just wave, um, we want to honor you and recognize you and thank you um, for your service um, to our country as unto the Lord. So thank you. Thank you, guys. It's it's a wonderful thing um, to look back and see the, the foundations of freedom that were laid um, with those that were, were faithful in service. And so we're thankful for that. Um, I want to remind you of just something maybe a little bit different. You may have noticed on the table out there that now there was a Connect card, but the Connect card has um, multiplied itself, and now we have a Connect card and a prayer card. Um, so if you have questions or want to ask, you know, share information with us. You can pick up a connect card. If there are prayer requests, if there's something you would like us to pray for and join you, please just share a prayer card. Um, this week, put them in the offering plate. Next week, my hope is to have a little box out there, and then after you, um, you just share your prayer request, drop it in the box. Um, we pray on Wednesdays. We can share it through our um, our email prayer chain to make sure other folks can pray. And if it's something you would just rather be kept private, just let the staff know. You can just check a box on that. But just opportunities for you to be able to share in, um, we can share with you in the ministry of prayer and asking the Lord to do things. I want to read just two verses of scripture and let you know this morning we're going to talk about um, sharing hope through the ministry of reconciliation. And then also in a few minutes, Ken and Michelle West are going to come and share about their recent mission trip um, to work um, and serve the Lord at a Veterans um, Reunion, and so we're looking forward to that and kind of set our tone this morning before we sing Um, Philemon, verses 4 through 6. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayer, because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective. For the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. Welcome to Cross Timber and pray that you enjoy the service as we worship together today.
2: Y'all join us in prayer for a second. Father, we just came before you this morning. Lord, I just ask that you just are just be glorified this morning. In Jesus' precious name, amen. As you can tell, we're both kind of snotty sounding. The enemy comes against you in every way. He does not want this shared. I was supposed to share about this at WMU this week, and I had a fever, I couldn't go, so, but by golly, ain't winning today.
3: Okay, so basically what we're going to share with you today is our, uh, just a a mission moment about a veterans outreach that we've been involved with uh, the last three years, and it's, it's called the Howard County Vietnam Veterans Reunion, but now. <laughs> all veterans are invited, um, but of course they have an emphasis on Vietnam veterans and what we call the sandbox veterans. Um, and so how this all started was four years ago, you know we're we help support Kimbornrne Hecker, who's a local evangelist who's preached and shared and done all kinds of things in our church as well, and he sends out. <coughs> every month he sends out this proclaim deal. And four years ago he had sent one out and it had, and it was about this Vietnam veterans thing they served at. And I went, she says, oh, you got to see this one. So we're reading through it. It's like
2: <laughs> <laughs> called him up, I'm like, well, why do you not tell
3: us about this? You know I'm a veteran. I'm all in on this. So anyway, so we went the next year <coughs>
2: Which was 2021.
3: 2021.
2: After the COVID nonsense. Yeah.
3: <clears throat> um, and what is through is it's Tim Grishan. And he started this 18 years ago. And basically to fill a physical need, That's basically what it is. So we go, we serve, set up big tents, which we'll show you here in a minute, and feed three meals a day. All veterans. This year, 6,700 So you're busy. If you're not busy doing meal prep, you're busy other tent, either serving, clearing, cleaning, or most importantly, sitting down and
2: Just so you can get an idea. Uh-oh. There you go. Okay, you will have to click it. So you can get an idea of how big a thing this is. Oh, is it going to work? It's fine. There we go. This is from when we broke the helicopter.
3: This is driving the queue
0: which yeah, you can do if you come, but
2: it's a expensive. It's expensive. This is only half of the campground that I've videoed. I was scared to death I was going to drop my phone <laughs> out of the helicopter, y'all.
3: So only, you only see about half? It's only Nobody. about half
2: of the campground. It's actually bigger than that. I mean, this is, and this is going... This is a ministry that's going into their environment. This is not a Christian thing. I mean, the event itself is, it's the veterans event. And Tim's been doing this so long and feeding these people so long that now they're giving him more and more and more space, which is amazing. But, um,
3: better and better location. Yeah. We're right.
2: We're in the center we're right of Right in the center now. Right, way down at I, the end. Let's see if we can switch it to these other pictures. This is kind of – I don't know why y'all can – see. okay, it's better than what I'm looking at. Um, anyway, this is the – I'm to turn around. So I can where see the target. inner
3: sign is is serving line. That's the
2: serving line. the other is where they, the guys ate. The tables. I'm just going to flip through this really quick. Because honestly – I didn't take a lot of pictures, y'all. I had to think about taking pictures for this. This is burning your fingers peeling hot corn. <laughs>
3: yeah. You ever shuck hot corn out of a out of a, out day, of your a grill? Age, huge mm-hmm. grill. Your fingers. Your
2: <laughs> and making we made three hundred meat patties that day, and counted them four hundred times. last swear, <laughs> because we needed three hundred. Anyway, listen, do you see that little guy in the back there cooking?
3: That's the kitchen. That's the, the that's kitchen. That's the kitchen at, uh, at the campground. At the
2: campground. You saw
3: the kitchen down the street that they use at their headquarters. In that
2: previous yeah. But one of the things I want to point out about this ministry that blew my mind at this time when we were there, and when I was watching, is that. You have all these kids, okay, that have come with their parents. And Tim, Tim's family, they they've been training their kids for 18 years, and it's their kids and their grandkids, and some of these kids are their grandkids too. But their older grandkids are the ones that are cooking and doing the pancakes and making eggs and all this other stuff. But what I watched this year was I was amazed as these. I mean, they're they're like in their 20s, y'all. They're older grandkids. And they're teaching these little guys, you know, that you saw in the previous picture, to cook and to serve. And these these kids are the cleanup crew, sort of. Now, Claire and Clay, that are on the far right, they're winning people to Jesus. They're teenagers. He's 15 and she's 13. And clearly, it's somebody to cross last year, which blows my brain. But it's an ama- it is an amazing time. Hello. It's not going.
3: So, like a lot of missions,
2: we're stuck. We're stuck. We're stuck, we're stuck back there, y'all.
3: <clears throat> you know, like Michelle said, it's this isn't a church environment. over the years most of the veterans that have been coming year after year after year are very respectful but you're still in their environment it's soft but you have to develop relationships and it's like any mission it's like we go to Tanzania almost every year it's the same thing it's about developing relationships So they can feel secure and safe speaking with you and talking to you. It helps that I'm a veteran, but I still have to develop a relationship. And that's where these young ones come in so so helpful because they just love talking to those kids. Um, So that's what the picture was. Representative.
2: We go ahead and flip it to the. See you can get to the next one. Yeah, it's more kicking. Go ahead and click to the next one. It's not working up here. Now this is the crowd, and there was a crowd That's every day, every meal, and they would come in waves.
3: And this year, one of the things that, that Tim and others noticed. Where they weren't just coming for the meal. They would come, they would eat, and they'd hang out and the table, Talking, sharing, reading stuff we had on the tables for them, which is unusual. In years past, you know, very few of them would take a Bible or would take a, a, a tract or something like that. This year, we were in.
2: Digging in the ministry Very building, familiar. looking for more Bibles and give away. We had those audio Bibles, you know, that we've donated for before. I had some of those, and we put those out. We gave all those away. Um, and I'll tell you, I took. Deborah gave me. You, what are those Bibles called that have the little tabs? They have. A, I forget who that's. From. Revive Texas, these, these Bibles that come from Revive Texas, which there's a story with that, too. I took whatever Deborah gave me. There was a whole box, in it, which I think was like 16. And then we took the bracelets, and we took um, probably about half a box more, maybe. And Peggy, bless her heart, she had to apologize later. I said something to her about at the beginning of the week. And she says, oh, they won't take the Bibles. We've put Bibles out before. They won't take them. And I was just like, oh. I was like, okay, Lord, I'm not receiving that. (laughs) And I said, she goes, but you can put them out on the tables. And so I put one on every table, and I said, Lord, I'm praying that every daggum thing that we brought leaves. Because I brought some other books, too, that I just had, and one that Deborah gave me that's um, for Embrace Grace. I forget what that name of the book was. Every one of those books left. They, we gave them all, they all, they disappeared. I gave some of them away personally. You know, I got to hand, which I want to tell you about that. Can you skip to the next slide since our thing could quit working? No, that's just part of the thing. So that's a memorial. That's a memorial.
3: Uh, people from Indiana that have served in uh, Boston.
2: Yeah, and, I mean in the, the la- more recent years. <coughs> but you can go ahead and skip to the next one. This is just more conversation. Keep going. There's one particular I want you to get to. This is what it looks like. It's awesome. It's very patriotic. There's a ceremony every day to hang that flag. It's huge. Keep going. I think the next one's where. I heard. No. Okay, skip me. <laughs> That's me sitting in the Huey. Oh. Okay, stop uh, here. And this is Ken and Becky on that. On the right, sitting next to the man who's, whose name is not John really John Wayne, but that's what he went by in the military was John Wayne. And then this is Ken on the left talking to I have to. We have to recognize this because this gentleman is a War, World War II veteran, and he spoke that day. And, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very – and he was in the Navy, too, to boot. So that made it even more special. So – For Ken to actually get to talk to him. Very special. But anyway, skip to the next one. Is that where I want to get to? Okay. Here's where we really want to get to. So some of you got text messages from me, maybe email. I don't remember. The gentleman on the right is Rusty, who you prayed for. And that's Carrie on his left, and obviously that's me on the right. And I'm gonna tell you about what happened with Rusty and I hope I don't cry. <laughs> yeah, I probably will. Okay, so 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 long story short, here's how it started with me. I I was I'd already eaten my whatever meal it was. I don't know. It was either Tuesday or went uh, it was Tuesday I think or Wednesday in the week anyway. Um and I had Ken was sitting at a table behind me, and so I had gotten up and I saw him, and so I moved to sit at this table. And there are picnic tables under there, and so I moved and to sit really across from my husband. And there was this veteran that was sitting here next to me. And I really, you know, I don't even, I don't even know how the conversation got started, but all of a sudden I found myself I'm talking to this guy, and he's like. He starts telling me his whole life story. I mean, that he had been uh, addicted to drugs and alcohol and that he was 10 months clean. And then he's going to AA. And I was like, okay. And then he starts telling me, he says, and AA tells you you need to seek a higher power. And do y'all know what popped out of my mouth? I said, well, I can tell you who that higher power is. Let me tell you about him. <laughs> so, I just, and I'm telling y'all, Tanzania, our trip to Tanzania this year it was training for this. Absolute training for this because, y'all, these are our people. We understand this. I've been in this life. I understand what it's like, you know. But anyway, so I, and in front of me is one of those Bibles from Reach, Texas. And so I take it, and I sure I went through the whole thing of the Roman road, because it's all laid out for you, and that Bible makes it super easy. And went through the Roman road with him, and then he starts asking me questions and starts telling me about his church experiences, which, and how, People have come to him and shoved religion down his throat and blah, 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 you know, and all this other stuff. And God gave me scripture after scripture after scripture that I went through and I read to him out of this Bible. And I didn't feel like I needed a push. I just, and he just kept saying, oh, you've helped me so much. You've helped me so much. You've helped me so much. And I'm just going, oh, okay, you know, and. Anyway, there's a whole lot to this story, but here's the thing that happened, and I let him, I thought, okay, Lord, I'm trusting you that you're going to do whatever needs to be done to bring this man to you, and uh, I gave him the Bible, I gave him the bracelet, and, and he left. Well, then Carrie comes running over to me, and I'm like, she goes, what happened, what happened, what happened? Well, come to find out, she'd already met him on the road. And invited him to come eat at the tent. He was only aunt and she'd already tried to lead him to Christ on the road. And he had told her, Well, if I come to the tent, then we can talk about it. If I come and eat. And, and oh, and I failed to I failed to tell you. He asked me two or three times, Did God send you to talk to me? I looked and I was like, well, no, not exactly, (laughs) you know. I came over here and sat next to my husband, but here we are. But anyway, so so he'd already been, encountered one of us already. Well, kind of the rest of the story of that day was that we, I don't know, at the end of the day, whenever we got ready to leave, because Carrie asked me a bunch of questions, because I already knew, He was in a tent, riding a motorcycle, because we always ask, are you camping? Because that way we know, are they staying, are they here tomorrow, you know, that kind of a deal. But anyway, so so she knew, and I knew that he was kind of off on this side of the camp, so to speak. And so anyway, when we finally went to leave that night, which was probably about 7 or 7.30 or whatever, Carrie and her kids are at the campground, or at his campsite, visiting with him. And I thought, no, oh, I can't wait to hear. And so, anyway, so the next, so the next day, when we saw Carrie, she says, she says to me, "You are not going and boy, I said, "You have to tell me what happened." Well, Carrie got the privilege of leading him to the Lord, and she said, "I'm standing there." And she said, when his eyes opened, his eyes, his eyes changed. And she said, I didn't want to weird him out because his eyes visibly changed. And uh, what she says my daughter, she says, Claire goes, oh, your eyes changed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, out of the mouths of babes. But, but, um, but the beauty of this gets even, this is what, uh, God has blew my brain over this man this week. That we were there. So so then I'm sitting, I don't know when it was, a couple days later, maybe, or the next day, I don't know. It all gets to be a blur. So I'm sitting across from another veteran who starts talking, and he's telling me, he says, Yeah, he says, I met this guy, and this is the first time he's ever been to this reunion. And, you know, and he's camping in a tent, and he's on a motorcycle. And I gave him a cross, and he put it around his neck, and he loves y'all. And I said, "Would his name, by chance, be Rusty?" He says, "Yeah." And I'm just going, "God, you're blowing my brain. I, um, this is unbelievable." And so, so then as the week we get closer to the end of the week, it was either Friday or Saturday, the one, either the day I don't know. Anyway, I'm sitting at another table, and he's. And he's sitting there, I mean, and I saw him every day, and he hugged me every day. I mean, he was there for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and anyway, rusty, that is. So anyway, so later, in, at, towards the end of the week, we're sitting there, and he's talking to me and sharing with me everything that's been going on and how excited he is and all this other stuff. And then he tells me, he says, yeah, and he says, I know I met this guy at Starbucks in town because I went into town to go get me a Starbucks, and I meet this guy. Well, come to find out, and the guy's sitting across from me. His name is Gary. He's the guy that was in, I don't remember his last name. He's the guy that's in charge of the pink region for Reach, Texas. And he's bound and determined that he's going to make sure that the next veterans reunion, that there's those Bibles at that reunion again (laughs) by the caseload. And uh, so, but to find out Gary has a similar past before meeting Christ. And he talked to to Rusty for an hour at Starbucks, sharing with him how to live when he gets back home. And I was just like, God, you're amazing me, blowing me away. That. I don't know how old this guy is. he's gotta be in his late seventies. He served in Vietnam. Um but God pursued him, chased him down and and did a marvelous and amazing work. Um and I'm gonna share share a couple of other things really quick and then let Ken talk about this other picture because it happened at the very, 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 very end. I mean, they were literally packing the tables up while he's sitting. That conversation is happening. But I had two other really profound encounters while I was there. And one was I was just sitting at a table. I was just eating my lunch or whatever meal it was. And there were some grandparents and another couple that were sitting at this table. And they were talking about, I mean, I picked up on the story. The grandparents were raising a grandson. And which the details of that are irrelevant. And then the other couple were talking about their teenage son or daughter or whatever. And (laughs) I would just, you know, comment when it was appropriate. It was obvious they were believers because the granddad kept saying, it's a spiritual battle. It's just a spiritual battle. You know, and he must have said that ten times if he said it once. And anyway... They were getting up to leave, and all of a sudden, I mean, the Holy Spirit came over me so powerful, I almost couldn't hardly ask the lady when I caught up to her. The grandmother, I said, I have to know what this kid's name is so I can pray for him. And then she stood there and she told me, not only are they raising their grandson, they're homeschooling him, and he's rebellious, and he's out of the will of God, and anyway, and he hates his brother and all this other stuff. But if you if the Lord brings the name Gabe to your mind, pray for him. Um, and, the, and then one last thing, the very end of this, because what happens is this is open to the public. and so as it gets to be Friday and Saturday, there's more and more people that come. There are family members, you know teenagers, kids, adults, you know, they're just related they're, but they're coming out here to party. You know, and then they come eat under the tent for free because it's free. But um, I I ran into there were four I don't I can't even tell you why I walked up to these kids, but other than the Lord sending me over there, there were four young people and they were in their twenties. And I started having a conversation with them. I was standing at the end of their table, and anyway, two of as as the conversation turned spiritual. I watched one young man leave, and then the other young man left. And then I sat down at the table in front of these other two guys, and they were fixated upon upon what I was saying. The The one young man, his name is Xander, and he's named after some rock star. I have no idea who that is. But anyway, he flat out told me, he says, yeah, I'm lost, I know it. I said, well, you don't have to be, you know. Anyway, just. I said some stuff that I can't believe I said, to be honest with y'all. And then come to find out, Landon, the other kid that was sitting there, and they're in their, they're in their early 20s, and he, he grew up in church, y'all. And he looked at me, and after I had said all this stuff, he says, yeah. He says, you know what? And he says, you sound like my mom. And I said, I said you know what? I looked at him. I said, your mom's praying for you right now. She is... Anyway, so the point is, is that even though we go to minister to veterans, we end up in contact with all these other opportunities of other people, because there's family. And, uh, but anyway, Xander, I gave him a Bible and, and all of that, and I, I told Landon to his face, I said, you know, I said, you're telling me you're a believer, but do you want to Heaven and hell are real, and do you want your friend here to go to hell? And he told me to my face, he says, you know, we were talking about this stuff this morning. He says, this was no accident, this conversation. So I'm trusting the Lord that they're going to be in heaven with us soon.
3: (laughs) So I know we're running long, so probably the best way to do this is just to tell you about this. Young man up here, and then I'm going to read what, what Ken Dornhecker re- wrote in here because of it. But anyway, <coughs> you can see where I'm sitting. I'm the fat guy right here on the left. <laughs> the guy in the green is Ken Dornhecker. Now, the young man sitting next to him is Joey Arrow- Arrowwood. I latched on to Joey Arrowwood three years ago, 2021, the first time we ever went reason I latched on to him is because you see the hat he's wearing. Can't it is, you can't read it there, but it's a, it's, a, it's a command hat. In the Navy, we have command hats. And you'd wear with your or, you know, uh, When I was in, it was they yeah, now. now,
2: they, now. Have, they have camo now. Yeah.
3: And it said USS Texas, SSBN some number. And I'm like, so I stopped him in line, pulled him out of line, I said, uh, Texas is a sub now? He says, yeah, yeah, I'm a owner, which means he was on the ship when it was being commissioned, and uh, or the submarine, the boat. And, um, you know, so I told him, well, you know, first ship I was on was the USS Texas, but it was with nuclear power. got into crew. Totally good. <laughs> Anyway, that's how I kind of latched on to him, and, and I've seen him each of the three years. had conversations with him, and he's very, <coughs> very worldly. And, uh, but anyway, so let me read this. Um, it says, On the last day, my friend from Burleson, also named Ken, and I had one of the best encounters sharing with one of the younger vets. At first, the young man was skeptical, yet friendly and open. He presented question after question and objections that kept him from believing. Nevertheless, he really listened to the answers, and I find that the Holy Spirit always provides powerful answers in the midst of these kinds of earnest discussions. He would present an objection, but as God gave me a clear answer, he would listen carefully. Then truth would prevail, (coughs) and he would sincerely admit, That makes sense. Total sense. I watched as the gospel completely softened his heart. We talked for over two hours as he and another older vet listened in in attentively. Which is his friend, which is on the other side of me. He's been. He's their neighbors, and so they come every year together. As the discussion became more personal, all his objections evaporated, and for the last half hour, tears brimmed in his eyes. It was the last meal of the week and in our focused in intensity we hardly noticed when the team around us began cleaning up and breaking down the whole camp around us. We were wrapped up in our very, very complete discussion of God's wonderful plan and redemption and salvation. I'm convinced the young man was con- concentrated <clears throat> I'm convinced the young man we concentrated on was now only 10 seconds always totally okay with that, because I know the power of the gospel will finish the job and bring that only lost person to Jesus. Uh, from talking with our fellow team members, we know many vets made professions of faith in Jesus' way. As is almost always the case, I wrote in my journal that night. Today, That's how it feels to speak the words of eternal life the words of Jesus. That's why you have to build a relationship to have that opportunity. This right here, there's seven gentlemen, seven veterans in that picture. Five of those gentlemen, there early in the week, and then they were joined by others as time went. But the original five, I gave them the name Five Guys. They're my Five Guys. <laughs> These are my Five Guys. And uh, so, in building that relationship, they were in a. They had rented a trailer that year instead of. It <laughs> we're getting too old to sleep on the ground. <laughs> so. Uh, so they would come for breakfast. But they were always doing things during the day, so I would gather up a bunch of stuff and just walk it over to them, sit and talk for a minute, you know, just starting to build that relationship. Well, towards uh, the last day again, right before we leave, we went and spoke with them. of so much interaction that that we had, not just me, but we had with them, because God gave me the opportunity to tell one of them, his name's Ace, you know, whose son is a, a uh, Presbyterian preacher. He's a
2: pastor I mean, or something.
3: Presbyterian pastor.
2: But he's very hard.
3: But he's hard, yeah. and a lot of people, you know, they see it as religion. They don't have no use for religion. That's what I tell them. I don't have any use for religion either. It's about a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And I told them that. peace it just comes down to a decision. What's Part. <laughs> um, but for those of you veterans out there, everybody is invited. We would we would love for any of you to come and serve. It's up in Kokomo, Indiana. It's a long way away, but they have folks from Michigan, Indiana,
2: There's a whole group uh, of people from Colorado,
3: Texas. Texas big contingent Texas. <coughs> You know, Michelle was talking about well, these are these are my people. Mm-hmm. Well, if my Navy wife <laughs> can say that, how much more can we as veterans say that about a brother, especially as Vietnam veterans, some of these sandbox veterans, because every year they're.
2: This is on the way out. It was a double rainbow. As hard we're, it's see. hard to see, but it's really double as we're at the very end of the ministry. I did not get a picture of the whole thing. I wasn't in the right place, but this is what it looked like when we left. It was beautiful. Thank you all for listening.
3: Thank you very much. Let us pray. Lord. Father God, Lord, thank you for this wonderful day. Lord, thank you for this brother and sister and their story. Lord, we just uh, ask that you shine a light. Give us that light to shine. Lord. We want to thank you for those that are serving, those that have served. Lord. We just uh, want to take this moment to give back. Lord, right in yours. We just pray this in Jesus' name.
1: Second Corinthians chapter five is where you can turn in your Bibles. Um, thank you, Ken and Michelle, for sharing with us and just reminding us that you know God's work happens all around us, and when we choose to join Him in His work, um, He never. is a very wonderful testimony to the transforming power of the gospel. And he does indeed make all things new. Over the weekend, I had the opportunity on Friday evening to attend the Lady Falcons basketball game. And I will tell you, if you haven't been to one, you're missing out. And these sweet, polite Girls that you see on Sunday mornings are nothing like what I saw Friday night. Um, I was shocked. I was impressed, and, and good job. Um, and so, if you if you want to find that information, you can find out. You can ask the Joneses, the Oilers, um, the mid and they'll point you in the right direction. But I thoroughly really enjoyed that. It was a pleasure to be there. And then Saturday, um, we were able to uh, be a part of the shower for the Embrace Grace girls, um, and I was. Just the most delighted. Um, two things: one, to see people serving um, without any pretense, without looking for any recognition, but serving us to the one, as unto the Lord. And then also the other thing was just to look at the faces of the, the four ladies that um, we've been able to be um, a blessing to, and they're a blessing to us, and just see the genuine appreciation over. Um, the expression of love that came as a result of um, the generosity of them, and so thank you. Um, just pray for those girls as you think about it. Um, just pray that the Lord will just continue to do that deep work that only He can do by the power of the Spirit to bring transformation in their in their lives. We're getting close to the end of the series in 2 Corinthians 5 and 6 about widening our hearts. I can't wait until next week. And so if you're here this week, you don't want to miss next week because we're going to talk about this very practically how we can move from being very narrow in our focus to being much wider in who we offer love to and the hope of Jesus. But I want to talk to you today about just the idea of being a hope ally. You know, the best person to lead another person on a journey, in most cases, is someone who's already traveled the road. It's familiar territory. They know the way. They've confronted the challenges ahead of time. They've learned what works and maybe what doesn't work so well. And there are those kind of people that just say, you know, I'm willing to help. And better yet, you know what, I won't just tell you. I'll walk with you along the way. Let me show you. And I would argue that the best ministers are the men and women who have traveled the road from hurt to hope. That have experienced the goodness of God in the darkness of their circumstances. That have found true life and salvation in Christ. That it's those folks that had someone share that message of hope to them. And they listened and God grew the seed. and Jesus entered into their life, transformed their life, and they became new creations in Christ. And they were changed, convinced, and then committed to the ministry of helping others follow along the same path. So think about this just for a minute. If you know Jesus, you are a minister. If you know Jesus, you're a minister. You're not a stand on the sideline, look and see what's going on person. You're not an observer. You're not a recipient. You are a minister. A messenger with a powerful, life-changing message, a witness with a testimony that nobody can deny and with a heart filled with hope that should be ready to offer that hope of Jesus to other people. To be a minister, a friend. Someone on their side an ally. If I can sum it up with this, God wants to offer hope to hurting people through you wherever you go. God wants to offer hope to hurting people through you wherever you go. Yes, you. Are you talking to me? Yes, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to myself. It's our job. We're going to revisit two verses in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 20 and verse 21. We're going to see That this mission that we have is a mission of offering hope through reconciliation. We're going to explore the method that's involved in offering that hope. How do we do it? And then we're going to celebrate the message of hope. Because if we're not celebrating and rejoicing in that message of hope in our lives, what in the world is going to make us think that we're going to walk out of here and share something that we're not excited about? So I want to read these two verses. We're going to pray. Then we're going to dig in. And you'll get to have lunch sometime. Verse 20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Let's pray. Lord, we ask for your help this morning. We thank you that you hold out before us the word of life, that we have the opportunity to, to not only find salvation in the word of life, but to find the freshness of purpose and potential, the power that comes to operate in the way that you would have us to do as your children. So we thank you that we can open up your word together. We thank you through the message of song and through the word of testimony that you've already began to speak about what you can do when we're willing to say yes. To so God, help us to see ourselves in this passage. Help us to see that the we is us and help us to take it seriously to be about your work. We ask for that help. We trust you will bring it. We pray into Jesus' name. Three things in the outline in the middle of your bulletin. First thing is it's God's appeal through us. It's nothing fantastic. It's nothing spectacular. In fact, it's just exactly the text there of Paul's word to the Corinthians. It speaks about mission. What's our mission? We are ambassadors for Christ. Ambassador, what do they do? They represent their nation in another land. They're the voice of the nation. They're the face for the nation, and they're under the authority of the country they live in, but they're in the other country, to keep diplomatic relations, to make peace when necessary. And Paul's making a very clear connection that Christ's ambassadors are Christians here on earth. What do we do? We represent Jesus on earth. We have his spirit in us. We follow under his leadership, and we share his message. And that message is conveyed both by our actions and our words. What does that mean? It means how we live for Jesus matters. doesn't just matter on Sunday morning when people can see us, make us feel good. Oh, look, there they are. It's so good to see you. No, it matters Monday through Saturday. It matters from sunup to sundown and everywhere that's in between. So how and when we speak about Jesus is also important. It's not to be confined to a building on Sunday mornings, not a Sunday school class, not a worship class. Service. It's a message that we take out to the streets that the name of Jesus and the joy of Jesus is in our hearts and on our lips. I was thinking about this. You know, you you have access to people that that I don't. Because of who you are, the relationships that you have, because of the places you go and the people that you know, you have connections. The question that we ask in that is how will I make the most of those connections in my present circle? What will I do with the time that I have and the place that God has placed me to be His messenger, His voice in the wilderness, His boots on the ground to carry this message of hope? Pray. You should wake up every morning and pray, God, what do you want me to do and where do you want me to What do you want me to say? Give me your strategy. Here's another great thing is when you're in the middle of the battle, you can pray along the way. You can say, God, help me. I don't know what's next. God, show me what's next. So pray. Prepare your heart. You know, Paul tells us that the word of Christ should dwell in us richly. Now, how's the word going to dwell in us? We don't read it. We don't think about it. So read words. Spend time in the word. Ask God to fill you with his spirit because you need his power to go out. Ask God to open up your eyes to the people around you. Ask God to widen your heart, and then say, God, I'm a chicken. You know I'm a chicken, and when it comes time, help me to open my mouth. I'm a chicken. Y'all are probably a chicken, at least at some point. Just say, God, open my mouth when the time comes. Think about this. Maybe think about this. Think about the thing that you're most comfortable talking about. Right now, if you sit down and you have five minutes of them in an elevator or you're standing in the waiting line, what's going to come up? What's the most comfortable and confident thing you can talk about? Some people it's going to be business. Some people it's the weather. Some people it's their job. Others it's sports. Maybe it's cars. Maybe it's woodworking or mechanics or sewing. Why are those things easy to talk about? Two things. You're interested in it and you're familiar with it. Maybe it's your family you talk you see, here's the truth. We talk about what we like, freely and openly. And we talk about what we know best. And as you kind of diagnose yourself, could it possibly be that the reason that it's more difficult to talk about Jesus than it is to talk about what you're working on out in your woodshop is because the interest level is just not there? Now, that's hard to admit. That's being stone-cold honest with God to say, God, I'm more interested in my golf game than I'm interested in helping people about you. But you know what? When you get honest with God at that point, He's willing to work. You know why He's willing to work? Because you're in a position to work. Because He gives us a free will and a choice, and we replace ourselves in that position to say, God, here I am. I'm being honest with you. I don't want to do this. And he says, I know. And it goes. But I need you to help me. And he will. And he'll start chiseling stuff off your life. So First of all, you know, you, you waste time. Second of all, you are you you know, you don't pray before you leave. Third of all, you know, remember you're a chicken. Oh, yeah, God, I am a chicken. I don't like to talk. Give me that strength. Help me to be brave, be bold and courageous like Joshua. Because the text clearly says we're his ambassadors. And if we're ambassadors, then that means we're his voice. And if we're not his voice, who is going to? And we carry with us the message from Christ. It's the message of reconciliation. So God either placed or put into us that word. There tells us that you know this word is in us. It's not only on our lips, but it's in our hearts. So we first receive it, and then as a result, we become a messenger to to share it. 1992. My dad retired from the post office. You know why I remember that day? Not because it was a great celebration of retirement, but that was the day my dad was home from 8 to 5, and he realized our house was hot, and we needed air conditioning. So in 1992, we got air conditioning. But you know, as I look back at my dad's post office career, he was a postman. You know what postmen do? This is not a loaded question. They deliver mail, right? We wonder these days, but they really are supposed to deliver our mail. And when Jesus saved me, He put the good news of Jesus. He put that in your heart and on your lips. And so just like a mailman delivers the mail, Christians deliver Christ's message to the world. And there's no junk mail, no circular, no bills. In fact, you might get a notice paid in full. And he calls us to do what? Make his appeal through us. That word appeal means... Really, it's the word parakaleo. If you're familiar with the word paraclete that the Holy Spirit is, it means to come alongside someone. Here in this context, it means to, to help or to aid. It's primarily used in the sense of urging someone to take action. To help, to be an enabler for a person, to help them through a difficult situation, to approach it with confidence. And one commentator said that when Paul uses this word appeal, it's one of the tenderest expressions in the Bible because it's an urgent plea to someone to offer the help that they need that they may not recognize but that if they embrace it will change their lives. So when I thought about that, here's kind of the picture I got in my mind. You or I coming alongside The ones that Jesus misses most. It's a meal. Under a tent. At a veteran's. It's standing in line next to somebody while you're waiting. And while you're alongside them, your goal is to offer hope. Be a help. To share the good news about Jesus. To pray and encourage them to take action. And I love what Ken read about Ken Dornacker's words. You know, our job is just to deliver the message. It's God's work at stake. Oh, we need to be messengers of that hope. Sermon titles called "Hope Allies." An ally is somebody who's associated with another person as a helper. You think about nations that agree to be allies for defense purposes. They're there for the purpose of giving, offering assistance, support. It's an ongoing effort relationship. It requires activity. It implies struggle. But it also implies a relationship. An ally is someone who is committed to stick with someone not give up on them, to hope for the best, to pray for the best, and to not give up. And if we are Christ's ambassadors, we are hope allies. Think about just looking around. Just You can maybe even look on your street and your family. You don't even have to take a town or a community. But you know all around us, people suffer the effects of being in a sinful, broken world. We can look at divorce rate numbers. We can look at the number of, of those that are, abu- that are abusing or addicted to substance. We can see those that are, are trapped in sexual sin and the ramifications there. We see the effects of violence in the home, violence in the streets. We see financial instability. We see those that struggle, and we wonder what in the world can we do? can't do everything. But there's the one thing. Just joining alongside God, walking alongside God as you walk alongside with others to offer hope to hurting people. And we're just the assistants, We're the messengers, And we introduce them to the one, help them to get near the one who can make all the difference. It's so different than trying to fix it. You know, that's when you say, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. Stop doing that. Do this, that. You know, there's people that are fixers. Probably most of them are frustrated. But all, it's rather, it's more than that. It's just introducing them to the person that can be the fix, to help them to see and to understand God's love, to be there as an ally, to support them along the way in their journey, and pray for God's Spirit to work along the way. Man, I thought of this. Can you think of a better? Position that you could be in, that you have this chance to offer hope to see people as God transformed them, be changed. If you were here last week, you know, I I mentioned this that that it's the healed people that help hurting people. Well, I would go beyond that, and I would say it's the healed people that recognize the healer that help hurting people. I was thinking just about the lepers. Where are the other nine? Oh, but that one. He knew. He was healed. He plan. Did He had a testimony. It's those that Jesus has grabbed a hold of and they grab a hold of Him and they're willing to share their experience, air their dirty laundry, to walk along somebody in the middle of their messiness. Why? Because it matters. To give testimony to God's goodness that He can redeem, that He can reconcile. And here's the best. You may say, but I'm on that journey, and I'm not there yet. I'm still healing. I've got hurts. I've got places that if somebody pushes it on, I'll pull back. God could even use you in the middle of your healing journey to help hurting people. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to be, in your mind, completely fixed. You just really, to be a discipler, you just need to be one step ahead of the person that you're leading. And it's an exciting job God has for us. We get to carry the best message in the world with 100% guarantee of success to those who choose to embrace it. And it's real hope to real people in the real world. And based on that, Paul says, I want you to implore on Christ's behalf. Two really strange words. We don't use the word appeal often. We don't use the word implore very often. But that is the idea of asking with a sense of urgency. There's a presumption of need. There's a message that we have that can help that need. And it's the idea of being persistent in the message, persistent. And we do that on behalf of Christ, His messengers, His words through us. We're doing it for His sake and His place. In the Jewish tradition, they would often say that the one who is sent as Is as the one who sent us. We are Christ's representatives, as though He is making the appeal through us. What does that mean? It means there's three three pairs that I want to just bring out. One is that Christ's heart progressively becomes our heart. We learn to see people more and more through His eyes. We see who they are, and we know that in Christ, who they can be. And then we join the Good Shepherd in His search for lost sheep. We implore. Let me give you two word pairs. One is it's both earnest and urgent. You know, it's serious business, the responsibility we have to speak on behalf of Christ. Why? Because the time is short. There's an urgency. There won't be forever. The day of salvation is here. He goes on in chapter 6 and mentions, but it's not going to last forever. no promise of tomorrow and no guarantee that we'll get another opportunity so we are called to make the most of our time so it's earnest and urgent but it's also compassion and passion together Jesus looked on the crowd with compassion the gospel ladder tell us he looked at them and saw that they were grass and helpless like sheep what without a shepherd Maybe think, how do I look how many do you look at Them? I can't believe it like that. Is it criticalness? Well power in their place this is what I do or this is the picture. What do we really honestly see the people around us as the ones that Jesus missed? lost, who need to meet. The good and this is the special mesh- mission that God has for every one of us. just everyday people, normal, flawed, broken, Unsuccessful at times, unfaithful at times, but yet committed, who are connected through relationship to an extraordinary God who can make all things new with the transformational message on our lips. And what is that message? Be reconciled to God. That's the message. Because you know what? Sin always divides. Sin always divides. Pick a sin and me that it doesn't bring division. It brings division. It separates you from God. It separates you from others. It separates you from the true self that God wants you to be. Sin always divides. But Jesus brings together. Come to things new. God in his plan provides reconciliation, made the way of reconciliation. He gave his son Jesus to bring men to God. Sinners who put their trust in Jesus are reconciled to God. So, what sin divides, Jesus brings together. Through faith, he offers forgiveness. So, here's the message in simple four words come back to God. That's what it means to be reconciled to God. Come back to God. It's a call to change, it's the transfer of a relationship from enemy to, to friend, more so a friend to family member. And God doesn't want anyone to remain separated from Him. He looks out over the land and He sees those that are trapped in their own sin. and He wants to set them free. He sees those that are overwhelmed by hopelessness and shame and wants them to see that they can see hope and glory in the face of Jesus. He sees those that are hurting and harassed and He wants to come alongside them and says, I am the Good Shepherd. I lay down my life. For my sheep, put your trust in me. Our job, that powerful message is this message of reconciliation. Sin divides, Jesus brings together, come back to God. How? Because Jesus died so we can have peace with God. Jesus died so we could live a radically different kind of life, a life freed from the penalty and power of sin, a life that is filled with hope, a life that is, being mended and over time being drawn near to God through Christ. That's why verse 17 it says if anyone is in Christ, he is what a new creation why because the old has passed away and behold the new has come. 2006 Veggietale released the wonderful wizard, I loved it when VeggieTales would do this. They would have the premiere night, so we could have like a party. We had like stickers and balloons, and we get to see it like the day before it came out. And it's really the story of the prodigal son mixed with the Wizard of Oz. Sounds kind of strange, right? takes place, starts on the dental floss farm in Kansas, where Junior Asparagus brilliantly plays the part of young Darby McGill, who is accompanied by his pet pig Tutu. And against his father's advice and wishes, he wants to head off to the wonderful land of Oz. As he's departing the farm, one of the farmhands says, remember how much your father loves you. After a lot of animated humor, corny jokes, a few songs mixed in, Darby decides he wants to go home. And there's a song in particular that stands out in this piece. It was written by Andrew Peterson and um, one of his good friends, a guy named Randall. Good game. It's on their album, Slugs, Bugs, and Lullabies, if you want to check it out. Um, And it just says this. There weren't weren't horses and sheep safe on a farm, and one little lamb got lost. The shepherd went out and carried it home. That little lamb is I love you today. I love you tomorrow. I love you as deep as the sea. I love you in joy and I love you in sorrow. You can always come home to me. And if you know the story, not necessarily about Mr. McGill. He wants us to offer hope hurting people through us wherever we go. He wants us to be able to share to every wandering lamb the truth that you can always come home to God. Why? Because He loved you yesterday. He loves you today. He'll still love you tomorrow no matter what you do. He'll love you through the joys. He'll love you through the sorrow. He loves you. He wants to be your Savior. He wants what's best for you. The hope we have the privilege of offering to other people so here's what we bring it home simply be a hope ally be a messenger of hope are you qualified if you know Jesus you are have you been reconciled if you have then you are do you have hope in your heart it's there sometimes it gets buried because we let our circumstances cover it over and do you long to see other people join you and being reconciled let me just give you four action points that, that, that are helpful, Hopefully, First, pray for those that are apart from Jesus by name. Two things will happen. One is more practical. If you pray for the people that you know that are apart from Jesus by name, you know what happens? keeps their names on your mind and in your heart. But second of all, and most importantly, you're lifting them up to the one that can bring about change, that can open up blind eyes. They can take the young man that says, I know I'm lost and get him to the point where he realizes, I know I'm lost and I need to do something about it when God opens his eyes. So pray by name. Second, commit to love and serve others in the name of Jesus. We'll get into more of this next week about widening our hearts. Commit to love and serve others in the name of Jesus. It's dirty business. You may not get recognition. You may not be appreciated, but commit. Third, share the message with others. Open your mouth. And then four, here's the benefit. We'll, we'll see over time people reconcile the God and add it to the family, the family of God. So we pray, we commit to love and serve, we share the message. And then we trust God to do his work to reconcile people, to add them to the family. Always reminded of that wondrous love of God. He loves you today. He'll love you at home. He loves you tomorrow. He loves nice to you in sleep. He loves you in joy. He loves you in sorrow. He always comes home. It's the message of hope, offered by Hope Ally. Oh, Father, it's so challenging many times to communicate your word. And even the challenge that comes more difficult, it's the challenge of submitting ourselves to You, life. Back to ourselves. that we think is best for us, the path that offers the least amount of resistance, and we would continually put ourselves before other people. I called by the name of Jesus, that's not even possible, because the old has passed away in the new. Your presence is in us by the presence of the Holy Spirit. So it's not our will, but it's your will. You give us the ability to say no to ourselves and to say yes to me. You. you give us the power to reach out beyond what we would call our physical limitations and understand that if, you're call, if you've called us and you're behind our mission, that none of our physical limitations matter. Because it's not our work. It's your work through us. We're just the messages. You have the message, And you're willing
3: your work is powerful, and and
1: so commit the work that you're going to do in hearts now to you, are spirit, and pray in Jesus' name. When to listen? To the music playing quietly it just sets the setting for us to listen to Listen to God. Listen to God. There's to the be hope ally. And those times of mission, those times of refreshing that we where we can go away. Deborah and I were talking about it, they, they help to remind us of the mission, and the purpose. But you know what? When we're there, the distractions appear are gone. And so you can you can get a laser beam focused, but we can harness that when we get back and we can say, you know, God, I saw what you did back there. Help me to have that commitment and that passion for you think willing. It's not easy work. It's rewarding work. So and seed, praying for God to break up hard ground, praying for God to rain on the seed at the right time, It's hard work, But what he's called. Us to do. So us you listen, maybe this morning it's just God, keep me on the path, keep doing what I'm doing. I'm sowing seeds, I'm offering hope. God, I know it's hard ground out there, but I'm going to stick to it. Maybe it's, you not know God? Man, I got out there and it's hard. I kind of hurt my feelings, and I didn't know what to do, and I was kind of scared. And so, God, you know, I just kind of drink it into my shell. And I don't really speak about you the way that I know I should. Maybe, say, God, I'm going to renew my strength in you. I'm going to put my confidence in you. I'm going to be like Joshua and I'm going to hear those words that say, be strong and courageous, and I'm going to find myself bold and courageous in you. Or maybe as you really just reflect on it, you look down and you think, you know what? I'm sad. I can't remember it coming I'm glad I'm going to heaven. I'm so thankful that Jesus loves me. But, you know, I don't know of when I've had an opportunity to sit down face-to-face. meet to knee with somebody. You know, this is the word of life. This is what Jesus did. That's the same. is that It's the most rewarding thing in your spiritual walk with the Lord. It could be better than any prayer retreat, better than any book you read, better than any sermon you've ever heard, any conversation. Remind you of three things, and the worship team going to sing we done. First thing, if you were not able to be a part of the question and answer for our upcoming um, vote on our proposed budget, you have another opportunity, and that is this Wednesday, November the fifteenth, ten thirty a.m. before our eleven o'clock Bible study. If that time does not meet your schedule, um, you can just contact anyone on the finance committee and ask your question. If you don't know who that is, just call the church office, and we'll we'll get you um, in the right direction. And then next Sunday morning on the 19th, we'll have a a brief meeting at the close of the service to vote on our proposed 2024 budget. Also next Sunday, you have um, a cue box packed and ready to go. Um, We'll gather those in next Sunday morning, so be sure and bring those. And then lastly, um, if you are a nursery volunteer, um, Rich and Sue would like you to join them um, in the nursery right after the service for a brief meeting. And I want to thank you for worshiping. I invite you to stand. With us this morning. The worship team is going to lead us in singing. And when we are
2: finished with the song, you are free to go. Lord bless